0: Hello and welcome to DKI, Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. This is episode number 154. I'm your host, Joel, and we have on the line with us not one but two co-hosts. First off, it's Jace. What's up? And joining us live on the line all the way from California, it's D-Man, D-Myth, D-Legend. Welcome on back, Mario.
1: Pleasure to be back.
0: And you all better know how much we love you and how much we love Deke kai because we are taking a break from playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for you all. So you should be thankful. Well, break from uh, Tears of the Kingdom, rather. <laughs> did, did I say Breath of the Wild? You know what I mean. Yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. We're, we're we a we break were just th-
2: talking about Breath yeah. of the Wild because uh, as I'm showing on uh, camera to us here while we're talking, the the book that's bigger than my freaking head <laughs>
0: yeah that is pretty good yeah, so bottom line is we're taking a breath uh, a break from hyrule to be here with you all so we're yeah taking breath, <laughs> we're
2: taking a breath away uh, from yes.
0: uh, <laughs> tears yeah <laughs> can you tell that it's on the mind right now anyways wow. welcome on in folks uh it's been another week of anime nothing too crazy going on uh, honestly the biggest news happening not sure if you all heard what happened to my anime list uh, no, I didn't hear actually. So my anime list got hacked this week. It, oh, now, here's dear. the thing. Here's the thing. What do you think the hacker did? Did they steal data? Did they breach the databases? Did they sell info on the dark web? Did they ruin everyone's accounts? No, 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 no. They had something much more personal in mind. They had a goal. They changed every single title. In the my anime list database, to let's all love Lane, they hacked the entire website to profess their love for Serial Experiments Lane. They did no actual damage to the thing. They didn't steal any data. They just wanted to let people know they really liked Lane. Yeah, that's it.
1: Honest to God, I thought this had something to do with FOMO Alchemist Brotherhood getting it.
0: That's, spot what, back. I thought, too. that's <laughs> what I thought too. I was too.
1: convinced it was going to be something to do with that.
0: Nope. Nope. Somebody hacked it. The website is still down two days later. They're expecting to have it back up tonight. Um but yeah, uh my anime list got hacked and it was basically for a giant shit post. I mean, to be fair,
2: where credit is due, good taste. Serial explain serial
0: experiments lane is a cult classic. Oh, absolutely. To be honest, if if this is how we're gonna do our hackings, I could I am okay with more hackings like this in the world. I yeah, I'm, I do feel a bit bad for the folks at Mal. And obviously, this is not very convenient for them. But you know, nobody was harmed. No data was stolen. This was just—if you're gonna do it, I guess do it that way. Eh?
1: Also, feels very on brand when you consider the anime that is is being essentially low key promoted
0: <laughs> in, yeah. in the wake
1: of this hack. So yeah,
0: yeah uh, <laughs> it's it thematically top marks. appropriate. <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, in the meantime, you know, season's chugging along. Nothing too crazy to report over there. Uh, and in line with it being the release date of Legends of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, we were like, we actually had a question of, are we even going to have an episode today? Are we just going to say, all right, everyone's playing Tears of the Kingdom today? And I know that uh, the happy hour has been canceled for that very reason. But very I was rare. Like, okay, I do still want to have the show. I don't want to completely scrap it. but as of you know seven ish hours ago we didn't actually have a theme for the day we hadn't actually put any thought into it because uh, i've been working on what will be the next radio drama and also we have zelda on the mind and we're just like okay what can we do that's related to zelda uh maybe swords and sorcery type of thing now that's too broad let's just do swords let's just do swords you know Master Sword, all right, that's a close enough crossover. And also just swords are really big. You know, it is the quintessential melee weapon, whether it be in anime or really in any medium of just, you know, if you're not going to be fighting with your fists and you're not fighting with projectiles of some sort or magic, if it's a melee weapon, it's going to be... Usually a sword and goodness knows swords have a lot of historical, uh, significance and uh, between samurai culture and just, you know, whether it be Western culture or Eastern culture, swords are a big thing across the world. So we're going to be going through just a couple of our favorite swords, some, some, uh, consistent or rather, um, uh, important swords in anime. I have different places to start, but Mario, I know there was a place that you wanted to start and it's frankly, I think we can all agree, the single most important sword in all of anime. If we're going to start anywhere, it has to be here.
1: Actually, I, I would like to uh, leave that for the end of our discussion. <laughs> because oh, okay, we fine. Made a pact we're teasing we are, it We're
0: teasing it Sure.
1: Oh, we're teasing it mostly for our beloved engineer, Neo Ivan of Neo Ivan Gaming. <laughs> because we, we have made a pact that we want his reaction in real time <laughs> when we finally get to it, when when he finally has the Scott Pilgrim gets it in his brain.
0: <laughs> sure, uh, but That
1: being said, um, yeah, you know what? We'll we'll kind of work our way, uh, into this topic with, uh, one particular sword that I I had to double check the name of. And it's interesting because, uh, Joel in particular, I think you'll appreciate, uh, some of the, the direct connections we have to this sword and its wielder by way of the dub for this series. Uh, so we're, we're going to kick things off with the familiar of zero, um, fun, fun little, I, I guess it was one of the, the, true early isekais uh, before that whole uh, thing really kicked off as a a mainstream genre Um, the dub in particular uh, it is notable as one of the early credits for one Christina V Uh, but the the lead male Saito Joel you will appreciate this that was our boy Jonathan Meza that was his big breakout role uh, as Saito in uh, Familiar of Zero and the sword that the character ends up wielding. um it, It's going to be a nice bookend once we finally get around to the ep, uh, whole episode, but uh, it's a talking sword, right? And it's a talking sword that people just treat as a piece of junk. They think, "Oh, this thing, this thing is just absolute crap. This is like a, a bottom tier sword." Turns out, because of the circumstances that bring normal Japanese guy Saito into this fantasy world uh, of Familiar of Zero, yeah, no, this sword is actually pretty OP. Um, I I can never remember the pronunciation here, and I'm having it right in front of me. I think it's uh, Derflinger, or Derflinger. The English voice, by the way, KG Tang.
0: Okay, that makes more sense. It was like Jonathan Mazda. Why does Jonathan Mazda have any relevance to us? I'm not super familiar with him. KG Tang, on the other hand.
1: Oh, no, we've we've worked with Jonathan, uh, our wonderful MC for uh, one of the years of Bamco Booth at New York Comic Con.
0: <laughs> oh, I remember him now. Yeah. Yes. Great guy. Love that
1: guy. The homie John. Yeah, <laughs> he, is, he is good people. And yeah, that that's was, that was why big I,
0: I knew him as John that weekend. I think
1: that would be that would probably be why. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> I don't know if he ever actually mentioned his last name. I just remember, you know, MC John. He was a cool dude.
1: Yep. 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 Uh, so yeah, uh, he, he was, uh, the, the pro tag and familiar of zero, uh, KG Tang was his, uh, reliable sword.
0: <laughs> yes. And I do definitely remember KG Tang worked with him a couple times A cons. Delightful, delightful guy.
1: Absolutely. So that was, uh, that was the, the first sword that I wanted to, uh, you know, <laughs> lend to this, uh, this round table discussion. Um, but, uh, I I'd like to pass the mic around. Uh, so that's, that's the first one I had to bring on, uh, where, where are we going next, uh, in the world of swords in anime?
0: So I want to sort of spotlight a sword from a series that I have not seen myself, and it's up there on the list of anime sins I've committed by not seeing. It is a a very blatant gap in my anime knowledge, but it's one that just, when I think of anime swords, having not even seen the anime, having not even read the manga, I recognize it as a very uh, big sword, both literally and figuratively. And that is the not actual buster sword. It looks like a buster sword, but it's apparently called the Dragon Slayer from Berserk.
2: Yeah, guts uh, sword. It's uh very iconic. Um, I uh, it's it's been forever since I've watched Berserk, um, so I'm I'm kind of like hazy on the plot details. But uh, you know, it's it's uh, emblematic of your typical like Zweihander. You know, your your two handed sword. Um, you know, Buster Sword being Final Fantasy Seven Cloud. Um I when I think of a big sword like that I tend to think of uh the Zanpakuto or horse cutter uh sword of uh uh Sanosuke, uh from Rurouni Kenshin. It's uh very comically oversized looking because of anime yet that's kind of the purpose that those large like two-handed swords were for were to take down large enemies and usually mounted enemies.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because uh when we were just talking about uh Guts' of sword, that was one of the first uh that came to mind as well when we're talking about that that range of um overpowered Buster Sword style uh weapon. Um and and yeah it, it's funny because uh sanosuke eventually just stops using it he relies on you know the old meat hooks <laughs> because <laughs> that's more his thing anyway uh, yeah but it, it is very closely associated with him and while we're on the subject of ruroni kenshin another very famous anime sword uh you know the the you know the kenshin sword itself yep um, the
2: uh uh uh,
1: oh god um we're bad at sword names S- S-
0: sakabato. sakabato sakabato
1: i literally had it before i was going to go on this tangent and i'm like why is my brain suddenly freezing but the uh yeah the sakabato the the reverse blade sword uh yep. iconic not just because of the character arc that kenshin goes on throughout his journeys uh, in the ruroni kenshin manga but also it's it's a very unorthodox type of sword given the fact that, you know, it is it is meant uh, primarily as a defensive weapon, <laughs> even even yeah. when used for offense. So truly one of the more iconic ones uh, because of where it places itself in the narrative of the story.
0: We actually come to a very interesting point here from that little stumble. And that's the fact that anime swords frequently have names that yep. naming of a weapon in Western media is rare that it's just not really something but naming of weapons in eastern media and culture that you know samurais would name this was like they they would actually be called you know they, they would have proper names um and it's interesting because one it gives the swords more personality, even if they aren't actual living weapons. And don't get me wrong, there are plenty of living weapons in anime, Uh, some of them with full on personalities, some uh, with more, you know, nebulous potential consciousnesses. Yeah, Um, but that even just normal swords that are completely inanimate, even if very powerful, might have names. And that's something that is, not perhaps unique to anime, but is definitely a bit more unique to Eastern culture, at least in its consistency for having something like that happen. And it is really cool, but also it makes it difficult for things like this when you're trying to be like, oh crap, what was the name of that? Because character names, <laughs> now, remembering people's names in real life in the language that is just the primary one you speak is already going to be difficult then trying to remember character names and then trying to remember the weapons names of the characters is also going to get a bit crazy, especially when usually the weapon names are a bit more obtuse than the character names.
2: Speaking of uh, uh, famous, big, uh, famous big swords. This one definitely I can remember right away. Uh, Inuyasha Tessaiga. So uh, the big ass sword that he wielded that was made from uh his father's fang, actually. Uh, which was kind of a cool little detail. So it went from being like a regular sword and then he'd unsheathe it and it would be like this big freaking like cleaver-looking thing.
0: Yeah, that uh just it, I forget Mario. How familiar are you with the new Yasha?
1: Yeah, familiar enough. Uh so so that that was actually a very good shot because uh yeah, that that is definitely one of the more well, well, certainly for the longest time, it was one of those uh, very well known. Hey, that's an anime ass anime sword, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Swords, you know, <laughs> because of the 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 prevalence of uh, Inuyasha, uh, especially in, you know, early to mid 2000s anime culture.
0: Mm. Uh, I never actually saw Inuyasha myself, but that was one that I just missed the boat and it's <laughs> sort of the same for Berserk. Uh, me not really getting into anime until the 2010s, uh, mid to mid 2010s, really, um, at least in terms of more active watching, uh, and that uh, Berserk and Inuyasha hit the states when I was ooh, probably. I forget the exact year, but I was going to be, you know, about 10-ish, not usually staying up to watch Adult Swim quite yet. So just missed it by a couple of years, and that's where that particular void in my knowledge comes from. Uh, but one weapon that is very recognizable and also has a delightfully simple name, the scissor blade from Kill Kill. Oh, mm.
1: that's a good. Shout. That's a sword. That's
0: still a <laughs> yeah. sword for all intents and purposes. Oh, that-
1: it absolutely is, <laughs> and it, it it's it's a good shout too because um we were just pontificating on the the importance of these particular weapons to the narrative to the character arcs, and you can definitely uh, make that case for the scissor blade given you know how how close uh it it is. To the core narrative, uh, especially oh, yeah. uh, Ryuko's uh, revenge quest, Huge and then you know the big relevant the big revelations that we have you know partway through the series. So yeah, <laughs> that, is, that that is another great example of the weapon is just as important to the narrative of the story uh, as as the character's journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and that. Obviously, what you're usually going to have when it comes to anime swords is they're going to be really powerful, that it's not just going to be a slab of metal that was folded eight times or whatever, and uh, that, you know, we do get that every so often where it's just, okay, it is the swordsman, not the sword, but a not insignificant number of times it is going to be the sword as much as the swordsman of okay, yes, the person wielding it is incredibly skilled and in that physically they are very fit and that they are able to move very quickly. But at the same time, you'll usually have something of, oh, this sword has special powers or is made particularly well. That even in Demon Slayer, uh, relevance, yep. even in the ongoing literal swordsmith village arc, <laughs> yeah. it's in the name. <laughs> that it it is made a point of, all right, the swords built here, the ones that are given to the Demon Slayers, while they don't necessarily have personalities, that they are built to be stronger than your average blade and even stronger than your average, above-average blade, that they are meant for, you know, these very specific purposes used uh, and forged under very specific conditions and more often than not in anime, you're going to have, all right, this is a one of a kind sword, whether it be that this is because it is sentient and that it is a literal living being in some way or another and therefore unique or just, okay, I found the MacGuffin in episode one and it's super, super powerful.
2: <laughs> so uh, that reminds me of another recent anime that came out, uh, Shine On Bakamatsu Bad Boys, Um, bit of historical fiction dealing with the uh, Shinsengumi uh, getting killed and a bunch of people on death row, given the weapons of the former captains of the Shinsengumi that happened to be imbued with their souls somehow. And uh, even more interesting is similar to how in Demon Slayer, there were characters that have some extremely unique and interesting swords or sword styles like, uh, uh, what's his name there. Uh, the, uh, the sound hushers, uh, sword chucks, um, in, in, the case of Bakamatsu bad boys, um, one guy had the sword reforged into his, uh, priest staff and it was the core of the staff. And then it plugged into this weird electrical generator thing on his hip and he could like electric, people but the crazy thing was is that when the evil stuff was going on with with the villains who were like harvesting souls for some sort of soul weapon uh As you when do, that was you going know, on so
0: harvesting souls <laughs> Hell, we could have an episode soul on lasers. harvesting souls
2: yeah uh they were they were harvesting souls for these soul laser type weapon things and the weapons of the Shinsengumi would glow a respective color, you know, endemic of the character because it was one of those, you know, every character has an identifying color, you know, and thus the sword gl- glows that color. And, you know, who who can also deny the, the cool factor of a glowing sword on top of it all. <laughs>
1: mm. So that, that gives us so many different uh, jump off points because, uh, especially in, in, anime that have been adapted from shonen jump yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of swords <laughs> that tick both of those boxes concurrently um i i, I was going to go in a different direction but there was one i remembered as we were just having this discussion that i think it still kind of feeds into where we can go uh next so uh, obviously dragon ball no stranger to both of these two requirements <laughs> that, that we have talked about especially glowing colors so yes. of course you know where i'm going with this Uh, trunks in particular trunks iconic sword which has such such a muddled backstory because of the fact that they (laughs) low-key explained it uh in one of the movies which is questionably canon
2: (laughs) but a little questionable movie canon
1: (laughs) exactly uh but it's it's one of those that uh, people are very familiar with because uh besides being one of the few in the Dragon Ball, uh, main cast to use, uh, an an external weapon of that variety as, as one of their trademarks. Um, it's also featured in some of the most badass moments in all of Dragon Ball. (laughs) So it, 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 it has its moments, uh, to, to shine, so to speak. (laughs) Oh, hi Frieza.
2: Bye Frieza. Bye
1: Frieza. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, and even in Dragon Ball Super, you know, uh, trunks channeling his his not super saiyan blue powers into the sword uh, to to deliver you know the the, the big killing blow uh, at, at the end of the uh, the fused zamas fight <laughs> so yeah uh that's that's certainly one um and i can feel free to popcorn this to somebody else if they want to, to uh go further on this so there are two other uh shonen jump adaptations that are definitely worth the mention um I know certainly we want to, to go into this a little bit more in detail, so uh, w- let's talk uh, both Bleach, one of one of the, <laughs> the uh, you know true pillars of swords in anime, as well as Yu Yu Hakusho, because uh, when we were talking about shiny powers and swords,
0: I mean- Let's talk Yu Yu so Hakusho you, first. Yusuke, you because- uh, you're not the only one who learned a new power. Check this out, sword get
2: longer
1: exactly
2: <laughs> Kuubara, my man Kuubara. <laughs> i love that line <laughs> uh, oh
1: K- Kuubara, uh, <laughs> you, you were the best
2: <laughs> the, i i was thinking that and of course he sword as well uh which is very important uh to his yes. powers
1: yes absolutely and and again this is another one where it's it's mostly predicated on traditionally hand-to-hand combat <clears throat> with with you know uh low-key projectile weapons the spirit yeah. gun spirit shotgun <laughs> yeah but some some of the more standouts uh are are things like kuwabara's energy sword uh hiei's sword i mean do we want to count uh uh Kurama's, uh rose sword as a sword because or is that more of a whip you would say it,
2: it's more of a whip i mean there there are sword whips i mean uh Case in point, Love Hashira. her her sword functions more like a whip than a sword. Uh, or uh, Ivy from Soul Caliber, you know, uh, sword uh, sword whip is a thing in uh, you know fiction. I don't think I've actually seen a functional one in real life, but if they exist, damn, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, that's pained, but I master, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm just wondering, how the hell do you get that thing? Like, how how does a sword whip? come back into shape that's what really what like how does that blade retract and get solid
1: the so i mean not an anime <laughs> yeah
2: yeah i i'd say that karama definitely wields more of a whip that incidentally is used a few times to slash like a sword but it's definitely a whip cool
1: so yeah let's let's uh popcorn it back to uh to joel because again bleach came up and
0: uh oh it just oh, i i <laughs> could I was saying before we went live, I could just spend an entire d episode going through Zanpakuto Bleach, because it is the, in my opinion, ultimate sword fighting anime that, as you mentioned, Mario, a lot of times in traditional shonen shows that you will have characters that have swords, even important characters that have swords, really cool swords, but that more often than not, your battle shonens are going to use in your terminology the old meat hooks a bit more than swords, even though, like we were saying, swords are obviously very prolific and that you're going to probably see at least a couple of them as you go around. But Bleach is the ultimate in just everybody has a cool sword. And Bleach is one of the greatest appeals to Bleach is that the sword design is as diverse as the character design, if not more so. The powers that these characters have is so embedded in their swords and what they can do. And not only that, but the swords have their own personalities. There's an entire flippin' arc where you see the personifications of these swords' personalities. Yes, that's one of the filler arcs, and uh, I have not actually watched that filler arc because I usually don't have patience for such things. But the fact that they were able to do that, and that it wasn't even an outlandish thing for them because it is very much established that there are spirits within these swords and that they have their own personalities and their own wishes. And just that an entire plot point of uh, the series is the wielder's relationship with their swords, literally and figuratively. Uh, It's such a huge part, but, you know, I want to go through, uh, I forget, Jace, how much Bleach have you seen? Uh, Very little. (laughs) Okay, well, in that case, uh, I think Mario and I are probably going to be able to give you a little bit of an education here. I, I
2: read a good chunk of it back when it was, like, when I subscribed to Shonen Jump back in the day. Mm. Um, but like, I didn't watch a lot of the anime, probably because I had read so much that
0: by the time it started airing on okay, Adult well that, Swim... That's fine, I too. If, like, if you have the knowledge of it, it doesn't matter if it's for I,
2: I have know. I have like a, a passing knowledge because I will say a lost gem of the PS3 is actually a Warriors game that wasn't made by Koi Tecmo that is based on Bleach.
1: Mm.
0: and meanwhile Leech, i really Leech actually enjoyed...
1: has gotten some pretty solid games just a quick aside yeah no, they, <laughs> because again they,
0: they it lends a good itself to a it. game that yeah. uh yeah. they had i forget what it was it was like
2: bleach. it's it's funny because like we're talking about shonen
0: Shattered, and Souls, stuff, and, or Shattered, Shattered blade
2: we we have we have bleach and of course like i'd mentioned Bakamatsu bad boys and then i uh, i shared uh in note passing the art designer or, or character z- designer from that show Uh, also did Shaman King, which is a Shonen jump battle anime that features a lot of really cool blades too. So yeah, there is a lot of just swords, but Bleach, I'd say... Okay, so sword sword fighting-wise, just thinking here, with the variety of swords, Bleach versus Demon Slayer.
0: Coming on top on that. Bleach and it's not close.
1: Just the, the sheer variety and diversity of swords and sword like items that they use for the zanpakuto it is true, true. <laughs> yeah, i mean you, bleach ran have...
2: longer and had more time well, well, to also... create that kind of bonkers like there's very few unique swords in demon slayer aside from the hashira versus like literally everybody
0: in bleach has their own bonkers freaking yeah. crazy sword mm-hmm. but even among the hashira that as we're seeing literally in the ongoing season, these shor- swords are interchangeable. They don't have significant names. They break. They uh, are replaced. They are not central to the characters. They're powerful, they're just, like I was m- saying. They're the- powerful and made exclusively for that person, for their fighting style, but-, but... There's no personality or real diversity to the swords. That The swords are used to channel the power of the wielder. The swords themselves are are inert effectively when it comes to having power themselves <laughs> the that they, they are inert, strong guys <laughs> that, that they, they are strong certainly but that the that there is no power originating from the swords themselves right and right that that's so all of power of the way you having yeah yeah and that's so fundamental to bleach though because you know uh everything from like, weapons Wabisuke, uh, which is uh, from one of the minor characters, uh, Izuru Kira, is one of my favorites because its whole thing is anything it touches, it has its weight double. And it's such a simple, oh. elegant concept. But in practice, it's so powerful. And that's one of the things that I've always loved about the series is that its concepts for its swords are are just so creative it's not just all right it looks cool and it does strong things but that they they do these weird quirky little things that in concept mechanically aren't actually so crazy but when you think about it in terms of fighting and combat ability the, the whole idea of all right if you are hit with this sword a couple of times you can't stand anymore Mm. Your body is too heavy. You will sink into the ground. You are not able to raise your own arms. And goodness knows, you're basically dead then. And that's such a simple, elegant way to show an incredibly powerful weapon. Uh, Plus the design on that one that it's hooked. uh, And the concept there is that the the blade itself is bowing its own head because of the weight that it is imposing in on itself. Uh, And just, you know, you have Ichigo who has almost a buster sword type of sword in the beginning, uh, and it turns out that uh, the whole reason that he has this absurdly large blade is because he's not good at controlling his spiritual energy, and uh, perhaps ironically, the blade that he gets as the series progresses is uh, more refined and elegant instead of getting bigger
1: it's not even its final form
0: (laughs) (laughs) well speaking of final forms that's the whole thing of just you have in their base forms the zanpak toe are already diverse that it's not just all right everybody has a blade but it's everyone has a slightly different blade whether it's uh like i was saying wabiske's uh curved angular blade you have uh the uh ukitake has like this sort of double blades that are medium ones uh you have ginichimaru one of my favorites which is uh Uh, wakizashi (laughs) initially that it's super short and it gets super long and this is all before we're getting to the bankais before we're getting to the bankais they're already this diverse and have these types of really interesting powers and then it's when you get to the bankais that it's all right now we're getting to final form crazy stuff and I don't even want to get there yet. So Mario, do you have any favorites for just sort of baselines on Pacto?
1: Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> oh, that's that's a tough one. Uh, so this is a random one. I wasn't going to bring this up as like a favorite, but just to kind of elaborate on your point on the diversity. Um, so the character Soifan, uh, one of my my favorite uh, bleach waifus. <laughs> she character. has that, that uh, it's basically like, a nail wrap <laughs> <laughs> yeah. around, around one of her fingers. That is her, that is her Zanpakuto. But I know that it evolves into like a, a different kind of weapon. I think when, unless that's the Bankai for, I'm it's been a while, so I'm blanking here, but you know what I'm talking about <laughs> Yes. With, with her weapon. Uh, and it's just so unorthodox. So unusual. You're like, wait, 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 that, that cool nail design that, that she's got going on. That's, that's a sword. Yes. Yes, it is because welcome to bleach.
0: <laughs> it's still got a blade.
1: Yeah, um, pointy nails. Geez, I think it. I think it's Renji's. Is, is Renji's the one that has like the um, it basically like the serrated uh, blade?
0: Yeah, that's serrated and it's sort of uh, it can become a whip.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another one that I just found fascinating from an aesthetic point of view because uh, it's just so it's so
0: unique. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> like, like the closest thing I've seen to it is Ivy from Soul Calibur
1: that's uh two two marks for that thank god this is there we go (laughs) how many times can we tie this back to to ivy from soul caliber i mean
2: i mean to be fair uh i will say the second coolest uh use of a sword whip probably at least in my opinion had to have been in uh bloodstained considering that that was a uh, unlockable weapon in the game and that was the whole marketing campaign behind that was sword or whip yeah, because
1: Metroidvania,
2: <laughs> which is also the question: Is that Karama's weapon from Yu Yu Hakusho, sword or whip?
1: <laughs> ha ha, ha.
2: <laughs> We are running in circles here, people. <laughs>
1: um, but um we're, weirdly go, going in uh circles that bring us somewhat back uh to this. So we're talking about uh a, a Metroidvania done by you know one of the the true fathers of the Castlevania series, Igarashi-san. Uh. Yep. This this gives me the ability to kind of parlay into things that have been adapted into anime uh, and are definitely of Japanese origin because of where this franchise originated. Of course, Castlevania and uh, Alucard, uh, with with his famous sword. Uh, so that that one it, it, kind kind of a cheat, but to help us get back into the world of anime, <laughs> that does, I would argue that counts because that's that's another iconic piece um which kind of you know transitions between the the realms of of video game and and anime but again going back to the initial uh the initial uh thesis of you know how especially in in eastern culture uh a lot of eastern uh